show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. It's once again time to listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome to the Data Doctors Radio Program, the multi-award-winning tech show for non-tech people. There's a voice that I hear, and I don't know who it is. Well, good thing I'm sitting across from you. Every week we help thousands of people and their broken computers and technology issues in our stores, in their offices and homes all across the country. Then we bottle up that experience to help all of you. We are the Data Doctors, Brandon and Spanky, here to provide education and entertainment. We like to call it edutainment. edutainment. The Boston Marathon, it was the big story this week, but technology made it bigger and could help solve the crime. This show, the Data Doctors Radio Program, basically started back in 1991 with the Michelangelo virus. Many of you don't know what that is, but today, 23 years later, we're telling you what's next for Data Doctors. And you know about free versus pay antivirus, but what about free versus pay computer loss prevention? On it. Online. On demand. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Listen live. Download podcasts. And get helpful links. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. You know, earlier in the week, um, this country was met once again by a tragic event. The bombing at the Boston Marathon. And... Well, you know, a lot of countries, you kind of always look at it and go, well, that happened somewhere else. Ever since 9-11, that's not the same. It happens here, too. And, and sadly, people pick big events like the Boston Marathon because they have a big stage and there's lots of people watching. And the potential to wreak havoc is far greater. And so we're not here to talk about the news as the news story. Right. We're, we try to bring the technology angle on this. And, and like lots of things, there's technology everywhere. And technology obviously was present there. And it's part of what you heard early, early after the bombings happened, that, that the FBI and the police were looking for anybody who had pictures and, and videos. And because we all carry around these handheld devices that allow us to capture everything and technology is part of what's helping solve what happened yeah so if you think about the way the news works today you know we you know you could be sitting in front of a tv you could be listening to a radio when you hear a story but if you're like a lot of us you have your smartphone you have facebook you you may even be on twitter and all of a sudden you get this notification this alert that an explosion went off at the Boston Marathon. And all of a sudden, you're now following this news story. Again, the Boston Marathon, the bombing there, it, the news about the bombing spread so fast, not because of traditional media. Seconds after it's happened. Right. Seconds. Seconds. You could know about it anywhere in the, in the world. Because of social media, because of Facebook, because of Twitter, because of people with their smartphones. And now, the investigation of what happened is being crowdsourced, which is what we've talked about on the show before. You know, when you need a logo design, you can send out the logo design to a place like 99designs, and then thousands of people get to say, yes, we'll bid on this, and we get to be a part of this, and that's crowdsourcing a piece of artwork. Right. Well, the same thing is happening now to solve the crime. The police are crowdsourcing using all of the, the photos, the video that everybody took with their smartphones to put together the pieces of this puzzle to figure out what happened and to also get their guy. But so there's, there's even more that's happening with technology. You know, there's, there's, there's things out there. So when this all happened, one of the things that they thought might be happening is that these bombs might have been being triggered remotely through devices like cell phones. And so they quickly shut down communications and cell phone towers in the area so that if that were the case, they couldn't be triggered. So now you've got you're somebody that you know, a friend, a family member, a loved one, somebody that you know went to this event, and you're trying to figure out, are they okay, are they not? And here technology steps in again with places like the Red Cross, their, their Safe and Well program, or Google, and their Person Finder, right. where you can quickly, people can register, check in, and, and, and it's a repository of sort of not lost and found, but more safe and okay, and a way to check in and get to people when regular communication channels, the traditional ones, aren't functional or aren't working for some reason. Right. So. Well, you know, you think about this. Safe and well has been around for a while from the Red Cross, and, and it allows people to go to the site, and they can either check in as safe and well or register as someone who is looking for someone 
and 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 they can try to pair them up so that you can find that person. When Google's nonprofit arm um, created the Person Finder, that was right after the Haitian earthquake back in 2010. Yeah. yeah. And and it was because there are so many people and and no way to connect with them, but everyone uses the internet. The internet has become kind of the mesh, the fabric of of everyone's lives. And so when a disaster strikes, a catastrophe, whether man-made or natural, um, what better way to reconnect with those people than by using these these huge resources that are available to us? Now, as far as the future of technology and news reporting, you know, the the good side or the good part of of tragic events is that every time something like this occurs, people realize that there's more and more use and need for citizen journalism. There there are things that happen in these events that you get to see the heroism. You get to see and 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 experience what goes on on the ground because of people like you and me and their smartphones. Well, not you and me. People way better than than you and I. Yeah, people be way better. But they citizen journalism doesn't start and end with one person. If you have a smartphone, if you're connected to Facebook, you too are that person. You can be a citizen journalist, and the world is relying more and more on us to really to bring these stories out when they occur. So, you know, don't think of yourself as a passive bystander in an, when something like this occurs. If you're there, um, you know, take action. Pick up your phone. Use it. Because though, though you may be feeling like you're exploiting the situation by taking video or pictures— you may capture a piece of critical information or the person responsible for what just occurred. You know, so, so look at that as a bigger picture and, and don't be hesitant to pick up your phone and grab that video or take that photo and, and because what, what you captured in that moment could be the thing that solves the crime. And that's pretty powerful. At least help make the picture clearer, if nothing else. So, Yeah, still ahead. It's the end of an era. But not the end of the line. We'll tell you what's next for the Data Doctors and the radio program. Also after the break, online banking safety, the do's and don'ts of using your smartphone. Hmm, I'm going to go into a coffee shop and make some transactions. We'll talk about those when we come back right here on the Data Doctors radio program. Hey, it's the Data Doctors. Hey, lots of you come to our stores when you have computer problems. Many of you rely on our award-winning Data Doctors in-home service, where our Data Doctor comes to you. Yeah, house calls. Some of you take advantage of Data Doctors remote repair, so we fix your problem right over the internet. But did you know that we can help your office, too? That's right. Whether your office has two... 20 or 200 computers, Data Doctors Business Services takes the pain of managing your office technology away. Instead of using the Band-Aid approach to your office technology, put the experience of Data Doctors Business Services team to work for you. You'll be amazed at how much more you can get done when you're not trying to run a business and your IT department. Go to datadoctors.com and let us take away the pain. In store. At home. Over the internet. In your office. What are you waiting for? Go to datadoctors.com right now. (laughs) Like he said, go to datadoctors.com and get ready to to experience award-winning service. Data Doctors. Since 1988, we're the tech guys for non-tech people. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. Remember, if your car started running slow, you'd get it fixed. So why do you let your computer run like molasses and do nothing about it? Molasses? Does anybody even use that anymore? I don't know. What's slower than molasses? Honey. That's pretty slow, too. Old honey. Old honey. Data Doctors, we've been fixing sluggish, sick, and sad computers since 1988. We can fix yours, too. Find the location nearest you, datadoctors.com slash locations, to schedule your free computer checkup while you wait. It's the tech show for non-tech people. The tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. You know, speaking of old honey, I think that's what your wife sometimes calls you. Old honey. I, You know, okay. I'm 46 now. I'm not that old. Am I? I think... I don't know. Just you, but because I'm Jewish, I appear older. That's right. That's what it is. And when you talk, sometimes you. Oy. Hey, it's the end of an era and uh, and the start of a new one. And and what we're talking about is going to be made very clear very quickly. Data Doctors, um, the radio program, basically didn't start out as a radio program. It was sort of by accident. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the Michelangelo virus hit in 1991. 
And at that time, uh, KTAR, then KTAR 620 AM. Yeah, in the Phoenix uh, area. Said, uh, hey, you guys know something about computers. Come over to the radio station. We want to talk about this. For a one-time thought interview. Right. And that one-time interview. You know who that the person was? Would that, that be? Hosting the show? Can I guess? You and can, can I guess. can I impersonate him if I get it right? Uh, I'm, you're going to get it right. Would that be Michael Dixon? That would be. Michael Dixon. You, you recognize the voice if you're in the Phoenix area and you travel through uh, Sky Harbor at all. That's right. And you're on the little people mover escalator While on deals. the moving sidewalk, please stay to the right. Same voice. There you go. Anyway, 23 years later, uh, the Data Doctors radio program is shutting off, shutting down, going away. Well, sort of. Well, the radio, the two-hour weekend radio program part is evolving out of the, uh, of the mix. And here's why. So the radio program in and of itself has a lot of great factual information. But just like everything else these days, you know, microwaves used to be fast enough for us when we wanted to cook a potato in three minutes. Things aren't fast enough now. The microwave seems to take a lot longer, and, and people's attention spans have gotten shorter. So we cook f- for something faster than a microwave now? Yes. What do we do now? Uh, we, <laughs> we use a super microwave. Okay, good analogy. Um, Keep okay. going. Uh, so everybody wants quicker, shorter, easier to digest. And, and so about a year and a half ago, we started these little things called tech tips, which are these one-minute tech pieces that are heard on the radio and suddenly those tech tips have become very popular and people like them and they talk about it on Facebook. In fact, the other day someone was blown away by Wolfram Alpha when we talked Wolfram, about it as a, yeah. as, a, as a homework tool. Yeah. And so tech tips well, have... There's a couple of things with tech, tech, tech tips. If you can say it. If I can say it, that we can do that we can't do with the radio program. And the radio program has been great, but it's once a week and a lot of things happen. And so we try to boil down and condense the things that happen during the week and bring it. And it's sort of this long format thing that we've done for years and what we're moving towards is something that we can be on top of what's happening right now and you get it in small bites each day and you get it on some of the best radio stations in the country right so for example when the boston marathon bombing occurred the other day the tech tip that we had scheduled for the next day we changed and we immediately went into a, a the studio and we recorded a new tech tip, which was about Person Finder and the Red Cross Safe and Well program. Because people didn't know, hey, how do I find these people? And, and this is a way for us to use what's going on in the world today and really stay current. So tech tips is, is where we're going. And we're moving all of our content and all the things that you hear into these much more easily manageable, easily heard, easily found little tech McNuggets? Can I steal that from McDonald's? Just nuggets. Nuggets. Instead of Mick. McNuggets. And then we, we've decided also to make it easier because when you hear it on the radio, you don't always have time. You're driving. You can't write it down. So we've paired it up with some technology where you can subscribe to Tech Tips. And so you can hear it on your radio, but you can also subscribe to it via an RSS reader, which if you don't know what that is, that's fine. If you do, you're already using it, then it's a simple feed. You can also plug into it as a podcast. And so you can right. have that come to you on demand or as a backup for the things that you know you're going to miss because you're, you're into that. And again, they're every day. They're on radio. They'll be online. They'll be in podcasts. They'll on be TV. subscribable, right? They're also moving to, to television. And we write about them, talk about them on Facebook too. And so we have each day a something that should help you either with something that's going on in your life right now or something that you didn't even know was possible that's been technology-enabled. And we feel like we can keep you better informed. And for us, as a bonus, it takes a lot less time. <laughs> just being, I mean, just, just being just honest. Just keeping right? it real, yeah. So, so the markets, if you're in the Phoenix metro area, you've listened to us on KTAR for years and years, guess what? Tech tips are still there. Yep. And so you'll hear them there generally during drive time uh, mornings and afternoons, things like that. Uh, you'll also hear us. Uh, in, oh gosh, WTOP in, in Washington, Washington D.C. D.C. You'll hear us in, uh, where in New York? New York City on WOR Radio, coming soon. You know the name and better than I do. I do. And uh, in Miami on W... Um, uh-oh. Uh-oh. You got stuck? You stumped me. IOD? OID? No. IOD. Doesn't I sound forgot. Right. I forgot. Anyway. I'll, I'll get the, the information. The information, it's the same place you find all the information about this program and things like it. 
datadoctors.com slash radio, which soon will take you to tech tips and things going forward. And anytime you have a question for us, even when we're not on the air, a lot of times your questions become tech tips. Facebook.com slash datadoctors. Bettina wanted to know, I don't know if you've covered this in the past, thoughts on the safety of depositing checks via smartphone, and is it safe, what's safer, smartphone uh, phone service or password-protected Wi-Fi? So, Bettina, you've got three different sort of questions, and so online banking, is it safe from your smartphone? First, the way you connect has some influence in that. And so if you're connecting over your smartphone's data network, meaning if you're an AT&T subscriber using their service or Verizon or whatever, or a hotspot of something that you control, you own, you pay for, that's going to be safer than Wi-Fi in a hotel, in a Starbucks, in a whatever, right? But the what you're doing from your smartphone, assuming you're using an app. So if you bank at Wells Fargo and you use the Wells Fargo app, right? Or you bank at, at Compass and use the Compass app, the one that they actually produce and create, then they've already created a whole layer of encryption and security in that, that even if you're on a public Wi-Fi thing, you should still be very, very reasonably safe. And those transactions are protected just like any other banking transaction. And so in general, Bettina, yes, you're in good shape, but if you want extra layer security, use the data network you pay for, not the free Wi-Fi, and you're always going to be in a little bit better shape. And Bettina, I love scanning checks and depositing in that way. Life is so much easier. Promise you. Very much so. Coming hey. up, if you lost your laptop, do you have a plan to get it back? Lojack does. Also, why do I have to jump through hoops to get on public Wi-Fi? We'll tell you. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Are you one of the 57 percenters? You heard about the 99% and the one percenters. This is very, very different. 57% of you test products in a store, and then you head home or to your smartphone to buy them from Amazon and have them shipped. Oh, that's me. Are you one of them? You can weigh in now at datadoctors.com, or excuse me, facebook.com slash datadoctors. It's the Data Doctors radio program. Got a tech question? Get an answer in English. English. Ask us now at facebook.com slash datadoctors. And you think, well, the radio show's ending. Why would we be telling you to go there? Because guess what? Facebook.com slash Data Doctors, that is still the place you plug in. You can ask your questions 24-7, 365, and we'll answer them like 18, six and a half, <laughs> 350 50-something, roughly. But you'll get an answer. It just may not be right after you asked it. But I will say this. On those rare nights that I'm up really, really late and I can't sleep, I do check in sometimes on Facebook. And I've answered questions at 2 or 3 in the morning, Brandon. How pathetic yeah. is that? Yeah, I've done that a few times. You know, Not as often as you probably. No, I just, I can't sleep. I know. You've got, well, you've got so many issues we can't even, we could fill hours and hours of boring content yes. that nobody wants to know it, about. It will be a totally different show. It would be a psychological show. Hey, we've told you about Prey Project before. It's the uh, free service that allows you to track your lost or stolen laptop. Um, you know, you can take a photo of the user, screenshots of what they're doing. It'll pinpoint its location, and then you have to go through the next steps of calling and notifying the police. Um, and that's cool. Yeah, it's very cool and it's very helpful. very free, which is part of the attraction. But the downside is that you have a lot of legwork to do if the device goes missing. And so if you're looking for some shortcuts and you're looking for someone else to do some of that legwork, you're going to have to give up the free part, but... That's where a service from a company that you recognize, Lojack, which they started out by doing vehicle recovery and right. tracking stolen vehicles, they do it for your laptop as well. It's called Lojack for laptops. Yeah, so just like your car or your motorcycle, the Lojack for laptops is able to help get your laptop laptop back if it's lost or stolen. They help businesses and consumers um, track, secure, and recover their devices. They can also do things like remote wipe or lock it down where it can't be unlocked. Even if they can, you know, password breaking and all that, it locks it in a very different way that you need a code that you can only get if you're the owner of the service plan, right? So, so it's not only about getting it back, it's, by, it's making sure that the information doesn't get into somebody else's hands. Right. But here's what's different. Going back to what Brandon said Uh, just moments ago about you have to go through the pain of legwork if you have something like Prey Project. With Lojack, 
the service also has a dedicated theft recovery team. And so what they do is they work with the police, the local law enforcement officials, to help actually track down your stolen laptop. They figure out where it's at. They GPS locate it. They contact the police department in that locality. They tell them what the serial number is. They, they do all of that. Right. right. Obviously, that's what you're paying for. And the numbers are fairly impressive. Yeah, so, so far, LoJack for laptops has recovered over 26,000 laptops. Now, you may say, well, in the country, that's a small number. Well, think about how many people have LoJack for laptop, okay? It's not... More than 26,000, I'm guessing. Right. But 26,000 laptops have been recovered with this, you know, recovery software hardware. Is it a hardware component or is it just strictly straight software? So it depends on the laptop. With some manufacturers, I understand that they have the ability to tie in at like the low BIOS level where okay. even if you format the drive, take the drive out, there's still a, a component in there that's trackable. Um, that's not the case in all laptops, all manufacturers, but um, certainly with that many recovered, they're they're doing something right. So if you lose your laptop... Or it gets stolen. Um, before you lose it or get it stolen, you might want to look at two things, either Prey Project, which is the free one, or LoJack for laptop, which, you know, it's kind of like a smart service, especially if you don't want to have to go through the hassle of getting it back yourself. But in either case, this is one of those things you got to think of and decide on long before you have the problem. Like backup, you, you've got to make a conscious decision so that when the problem eventually occurs... You've already got a plan for that. And speaking of problems, Brandon, uh, you, you should be familiar with this. How much malware is on free porn sites? Wait a minute. There's sites that you would pay for with that? <laughs> would you believe that 57% of the people who visit uh, one particular site in particular? This, this particular site I, turns, out to be, it, it, it turns out to be in the top 100 most trafficked websites in the U.S. Yes. It's, it's a huge site. Huge. I mean, it, it, it's, it's behind things like Google and Yahoo and the, the major search engines that we're aware of, but it's not that far behind. So lots and lots and lots of you, uh, us, however you want to say it, are going to this place. And 57% of us are presented with, and if we don't know what we're doing <laughs> or we don't have the right protection in place, infected by simply visiting the site. Yeah. So... We've got a link so you can read the whole story. We don't want to tell you what the site is. We don't want to tell you to go there because that would be bad and we wouldn't do that. But it, we will tell you where to get the education on how to keep yourself from being one of the 57% if you're frequenting a site like that even every now and then. And it's all the same place we talk about all the time with all the links, datadoctors.com slash radio. And if you ever have a question for us, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash datadoctors. Justin did just that. He said public Wi-Fi did just, just that. That just rolled weird. off my tongue. Public Wi-Fi question, at my workplace is a free public Wi-Fi, but every time I get on it for the first time, I have to go to a controller page and agree um, with my iPhone. Androids, however, don't have to go through that. Is there any way around this? What's up with that? Well, first of all, you don't want a way around this. Yeah, there shouldn't be a way around it. That's odd. Yeah, this is a good thing. In fact, I've posted a link to a video that we created just to, to talk you through why this is a good thing, Justin. You might want to check it out datadoctors.com slash radio this is helping keep you safe and secure so don't try to bypass it and don't be concerned you should be using it hey coming up it's the newest form of money we'll tell you what it is and where you can get it if you care also how to back up your pc before you send it out for repair keywords before hey it's all coming up right here on the data doctors radio program It's finally here. It's time to buy a new PC, but you're stuck. Hey, it's the Data Doctors here to help get you unstuck. When you buy a new PC from Data Doctors, we actually custom configure it right down to your operating system, Windows 7 or the new Windows 8. Now, if you're ready to be a trailblazer with your new Data Doctors PC, we'll configure it with the new Windows 8. But let's say you're not ready to jump feet first into the pool. If you like what you're used to, we can custom configure a Data Doctor system with Windows 7. We even have a third option. We can install Windows 8, but give you the look and feel you're used to, you know, the start button and all, and that way you're ready to go. And with any Data Doctor's PC purchase, we transfer all the important stuff from your old computer for free. Windows 7 or Windows 8, Data Doctor's gives you the freedom to choose. Oh, and if you have a PC and you want us to handle the upgrade, we can do that too. Now, get ready to experience award-winning service from Data Doctor's. To find the location nearest you, go to datadoctors.com right now. Data Doctor's. Since 1988, we're the tech guys for non-tech people. 
It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Hey, Spanky. Yes, sir. Hey, would you buy a 3D printed bikini? Not with my form, I, I figure, mean, I, shape. I, I, not not you. I mean, like if you were less of a man. Well, not <laughs> if you were more of a woman. It, how about for someone? Sure. I would do that as long as they're hot. Well, check it out. Datadoctors.com slash radio. You'll see for yourself. 3D printed bikini. I like that. They're Trekkies and they're techies. We are neither. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Like I said before, like I'll say again, facebook.com slash data doctors. Anytime you have a question for us, we jump on those questions quick. And then you might become a tech tip or part of this. Les wants to know, I'm sending my HP desktop in for warranty work. It's got a bad SD card slot. They say to back up all my files and programs before I ship it to them. I have an external drive for pictures and music and docs, but what do I do with the programs I don't have the disks for anymore? Thanks. This is, this is one of the, the painful parts of having warranty service done on lots of different brands out there. And, and it's one of the things that people don't think about when they go to buy. Most often, because you don't know any better, you're just looking at price because in the world of computers, without arming yourself with information and knowledge, you don't have anything else to compare by. And so you just go for lowest price. And generally speaking, the hardware, the, the stuff that goes into the computer from manufacturer to manufacturer to manufacturer is roughly the same. We all use components that we assemble from other manufacturers. So, for example, in the HP laptop or in a laptop you get from Dell or one you get from us. There's only three or four manufacturers of hard drives that are going to put a hard drive in there. It doesn't matter which company you're getting it from. What does change, though, is the, in order to bring the price down, they cut out generally service because that's where there's expense and that's a controllable expense. And they do things like make you have to ship a laptop off, oftentimes for two or three weeks mm-hmm. while they do their thing. And one of the things that they found is that they can't always be sure that they won't lose your laptop or they won't, in the process of disassembling and taking things out, accidentally swap your drive with somebody else's or whatever the case is because they've got a, maybe a sloppy third-party service provider that's doing the work for them. Somebody that's not us. Right. So what they end up doing is to cover their butts and really to cover yours. They tell you it's your responsibility to make a complete backup in case they lose anything so that you can put it all back together in case they screw up. And that's just part of what their warranty coverage is, is it doesn't cover anything other than that physical device. And so we see this as a very, very common thing. It's really what separates when you go to make the choice next time. Think about when I have a problem, what does that process look like? Do I have to ship it or do I go to the store that I bought it? And do they care about my data more than they care about the device? Or is the device the only thing they care about? And and if this is something you want to avoid in the future, then do business with a different company that doesn't treat you this way. Because this is, unfortunately, the way that the ultra-low-cost companies out there, that's the way they treat their customers. The, the, the device is all they care about, not you, not your data. So, Brandon, that actually leads me to a question. You know, when a customer comes into our stores, we back up all their data. First thing we do. First thing we do is we grab it and... What about apps? We do exactly what HP is asking them to do as the first step in our process of any kind of service. It doesn't matter really what we're doing. It's just part of what we do. Okay. So what about apps? What if, what if you don't have your disks anymore? Are you still okay? If we've got the backup, the kind of backup we make is a what we call an image copy. So it's a snapshot. It's a duplicate. It's Your drive could go missing or die five minutes after we've made our backup copy, and we can put it back exactly the way it was the minute it walked in our store. That's, that's part of what we do because we care about the person and the data way more than we care about the device because that's actually what's really more important. There, there's all kinds of things that can happen. A, drives sometimes die in our hands. And if we've made that backup, we've got the safety net. We've got the person's information. The thing they care about, we can make them whole. We can right. put it back. If we make a mistake during the service process, we can go back and undo it and continue on, right? If our store gets broken into overnight in the middle of the service process and the laptop gets stolen. Guess what? Our insurance will replace the device, but it won't replace your baby photos. But if we made the backup, no problem. We got your baby photos. You're actually going to be in really good shape if something like that yeah, happens. You're going to get a new computer. You're going to get a new laptop out of it with all your stuff, right? So 
there's just so many things, and it's not a high percentage of the likelihood of occurrence, but it's a high enough percentage that we think it's important because at the end of the day, your data and, and the things that's on that computer, that's what you care about. That's what, you, yep. that's what you're trusting us with. We have to take care of that. It's in our name. I mean, I, find a company that does that kind of thing and cares about you and your, your information more than they care about fulfilling their, their device contract with right. the warranty. It's, the device at the end of the day, you wouldn't lose sleep over if it was gone tomorrow. But you would if your information and maybe your applications, things you've paid money for, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, so that stuff goes away. It gets it's painful. Important. Hey, pretty soon you're going to be see people, seeing people walking around with these silly glasses on. You've been hearing about it for months. Google Glass. They're really not even glasses. They're like a thing that clips to glasses. Yeah. They're weird. Well, they, I guess they have glasses. Yeah, they, they're but both. They do. They have both. But Google, Google Glass, and I always have a hard time saying Google. Google Glass is finally arriving. I've, I've seen them in person. Oh, that's right. You saw them at Google, at I the did. Googleplex. I did. And they're very cool, but then you couldn't touch them because they were still super secret. No, 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 no. Yeah, but now they're getting into the hands or onto the noses and eyes of people who can actually use them and yes. consumers. And I still think they're about 1500 bucks if I last checked for the for a pair of Google Glass. My is, advice is wait a bit, A, for the bugs to be worked out, B, for the prices to come down because they will and they'll plummet. So for those of you who don't know what they are, let me tell you what you can do with Google Glass. So imagine not having to worry about picking up your smartphone when you want to take a picture. You're looking at something beautiful in the scenery in front of you, and you just say, glass, take a picture. And guess what? Your glasses take a picture. And they chose the name glass because it's not a word you use in everyday conversation as a standalone. And so it was a nice way for the thing, which is not only taking pictures and visually showing things on the inside of the glass, it's 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 like a Siri where it can wait and listen for commands, and that's the word you use to activate it. Shoot videos, share with your friends. The things you can do are endless. Do searches. I can't wait to get my eyes on some Google Glass. You're listening to The Tech Show for non-tech people. It's the Data Doctors. Ask us your technology questions. Even when we're not on the air, it's at the same place we've told you about a bunch of times, and we'll tell you again. It's facebook.com slash datadoctors. Remember, we deal with computers and technology problems for a living. We're experts at this stuff. We can help you in our Data Doctor stores, in your home, at your business. We can even remote in right over the internet and help fix your problems. We offer little tech nuggets every day with Data Doctors tech tips, and you can get them too at datadoctors.com slash radio. Hour number two is just ahead. You won't want to miss it. The final hour of the program. Stick around. Get all your tech answers in English at datadoctors.com slash radio. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This, this is the Data, is the Doctors, Data Doctors Radio, radio Program. program. <laughs> it's the tech show, tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. It is time once again to listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome back to the Data Doctors Radio Program, the multi-award-winning tech show for you non-tech people. Every week we help thousands of people with their broken computers and their technology issues in our stores, in their offices, and their homes all around the country. Then we bring all that experience right here to the radio show to help all of you. We're reunited. It's Brandon over there, me, Spanky, here to provide education and entertainment. We call it edutainment. Money, money, money. What? You want to know what we're talking about? It's the newest form of money on the planet, and we're going to tell you about what that is. And can you keep your kids safe on Facebook? You use Wi-Fi everywhere you go, so what's the right way to set it up for your business? That's this week's Help! Better answers than the guys overseas. The guys overseas. Or Uncle Jim's nerdy son. It's the Data Doctors Radio Program. It's the tech show. The tech show for non-tech people. Setting the bar nice and low. Better answers than the guys overseas. Or... Uncle, Uncle Jim's, Jim's nerdy, nerdy son. son, who's got acne, by the way. Yes, and amongst other things. Yeah, he's got other problems, too. Social outcasts. Speaking of social, not the outcast part, how about social networks like Facebook? Facebook.com slash Data Doctors is where you can ask your technology questions like Sam did. Sam asks, hey, guys, my computer has chosen Google Chrome over Internet Explorer, but <laughs> I'm used to Internet Explorer. How do I fix that? Well, okay, first of all... The computer didn't choose. You did, but it was one of those weird worded things that popped up that you said yes to without realizing what you were saying yes to. And, and the truth is, Sam, you know, you can change your default browser back to Internet Explorer, but 
But why would you want to? Right. We think you're better <laughs> off with Firefox or Chrome. I mean, if you really want Internet Explorer, that's okay. You can do it. In fact, um, rather than walking you through the step-by-steps on the radio, which would be very boring, we've got a link for you, datadoctors.com slash radio, on how to do that. Makes it super easy. But let's talk about the why. What's, what would compel you? I mean, Sam said, I'm used to. I get that. IE, how do I go back? But IE may not be the best browser. In fact, yeah. it's not. There's a lot of things that don't work with IE. And I know from working with you guys that every time something doesn't work in Internet Explorer, you go to Chrome or Firefox and, oh, look, it works. Why is that? What is it about IE that, that stuff just doesn't work? It's, it's becoming more and more compatible all the time. But back in the early days, well, not the early days, the medium days of the interwebs in, in the awkward teen years. Okay. We're sophisticated teens now by the way, uh, but in the very awkward teen pre- years, pre-pubescent stage, when people were, they were on dial-up, starting to move to broadband, and so we were starting to see this as a, we have always-on internet in our homes, right? The prevailing operating system, like today, then was Windows, and Windows came with a web browser, and the web browser it came with was Internet Explorer, and Microsoft put the web browser there because it was built in, and people used it because it was built in, and back then there were some other choices, but... Why would I possibly download something if I've got what I need built in? And so it was sort of a pseudo standard that didn't follow the standards. And what I mean by that is there's a group that sets the standards for how you should publish documents on the web and how web browsers should behave. And Microsoft sort of decided to pick and choose and said, I'll take some of those, but we're going to do some other things our own way. And because Internet Explorer was the most widely used browser at the time because it was what came with it. And in, and in fact, it was very hard to remove and very hard to not use. Uh, it, for years, survived as being this really awkward stepchild. And so all web developers had to write now websites to detect if you're running this browser, do these sets of instructions. If you're running that browser, do these sets or live with inconsistencies. And that has plagued web developers and really inadvertently users for many, many, many years. And finally, years ago, People started switching and started switching in masses, and you started to hear about web browsers, even though they had been around alternate ones for years. You started really hearing about them. Right. Remember Netscape? Yeah. And remember, what, NetGeo and, and yep. NeoGeo, I think it was called? NeoGeo. I mean, there was a bunch of stuff out there, right? And, and a lot of those things still exist today, but really it's boiled down to three or four main browsers now. And most of them are now starting to be powered by one or two different engines, and we're starting to see that... They're all coming in line with each other and really in line with standards so that applications for the web and things can be written in a much more simplistic way and you can have consistency of behavior. And and so in the past, it was a bigger deal if you were on Internet Explorer where you'd be farther away from that standard. But today it's becoming less and less of a big deal if you're staying updated and things. And Sam, I get why you might want to go back. And I think what Spanky's saying is maybe you should try living on the dark side for a while because you just may find you like it more. I think that's all I have to say about that. That is Forrest Gump. It is time for that portion of the show we dedicate to. Oh, wait. Wrong place. I can't do it because I'm talking and geek speaking. It is Geek Speak of the Week, dedicated to a portion of the tech vernacular you may or may not have heard or know. Geek Speak of the Week. There you go. There it is. We can do it. Today's Geek Speak, something that you're going to be hearing a lot more of. Or maybe not. That's true. It's called Bitcoin. It's been in the news a lot lately. Bitcoin of the week. Good. B-I-T-C-O-I-N. It's a new kind of money, but not in the tangible sort of kind of sense. It's a decentralized electronic currency, not controlled by a single organization or government. So all over the world, people can trade Bitcoin, and it can be traded hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of Bitcoin are traded every day. No middleman, no credit card companies. It's a weird, it's, it's, it's. It's a concept that's difficult to understand and verbalize, but when you see, right, and we'll tell you how you can see in a second, you'll probably get it more. It, it, it's, it's a startup currency. It's, it's new. It's, it's not issued by any government or organization. Yeah, bit, Bitcoin is the first digital currency that's completely distributed. The, the network is made up of users like you and me, so there's no bank or payment processor required between you and whomever you're trading with. 
And there's an exchange rate. There's there's an exchange rate between U.S. dollars and Bitcoin or most any foreign currency. And so you can purchase Bitcoin with your regular dollars and then you can use that Bitcoin to buy things and you can sell things for Bitcoin. And at some point you can redeem the Bitcoin back into your currency. But the idea behind it is that if you transact more and more of your business through Bitcoin because you're skipping payment processors and banks, those are two areas that eat up some of those the percentage of those dollars and you can lower that cost. Again, a little bit hard to understand conceptually, but if you spend a few minutes and dig into the links we're going to have, datadocs.com slash radio, you might get it. Hey, still ahead, have you synced your photos on Facebook? Well, how do you get rid of them without taking them off your phone? Also, Facebook Home offers chat heads, but now they're just not just for you Android users, they're for other users too. We'll tell you all about it. It's coming up on the Data Doctors radio program. Business owners, if you're tired of playing whack-a-mole with your business technology, help is just a phone call away. Whether you have three or 300 computers, call us, the Data Doctors, to schedule a free technology assessment and get a prescription to relieve your pain. Imagine putting the days of technology problems behind you. Let the collective intelligence of Data Doctors Business Services allow you to focus on your business, not your technology problems. Call 888-545-1988 and schedule your free technology assessment today. Quit struggling with technology on your own. Get the experience of Data Doctors Business Services team for less than the cost of a single IT person. (laughs) We've seen it all. We've been helping businesses with their technology for nearly 25 years, and we can help you too. Get relief today so you can be more productive tomorrow. Call 888-545-1988 to schedule your free business technology assessment today. That's 888-545-1988. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Hey, you know, if your car started running really slowly, you'd get it fixed, right? Actually, my grandfather probably could have used a slow-running car. It would have been safer. Oh, why do you let your computer run like molasses and do nothing about it? Data Doctors have been fixing... Fixing... Let me start that over. Data Doctors has been fixing sluggish, sick, and sad computers since 1988. We can fix yours, too. Not the sluggish car, though. No. Find the location nearest you, datadoctors.com slash locations, to schedule your free computer checkup while you wait. And Brandon's mouth will get fixed now. Are you confused about something tech? (laughs) Ha, you didn't hear it from us. It's the tech show for non-tech people. The Data Doctors Radio Program. It's the Data Doctors Radio Program. If they weren't confused, they are now. (laughs) Yes, they are. Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. Anytime you have a question for us, that's where you can post it so that we can help the masses, all of yous, you people out there. Even you. Even you. Dion says, hey, how do I delete synced photos off of Facebook? And of course, when you delete synced photos off Facebook, you want to not delete them off your phone. Well, maybe you do. Well, but that's easy. If you know how to remove them from your phone, you just go into your pictures and you hit delete. But it doesn't get them off of Facebook. What about your photo stream? Well, depending on if you have an iPhone or an Android. Well, what I, if your photo stream sent it to your computer already? That's not good. And then your tablet. and then My photo wee. stream. By the way, for, for those of you who have an iPhone or any iDevice and a Mac, if you've turned on your photo stream or inadvertently turned it on, go look at every Apple device you have. Because if you've taken any embarrassing pictures, you want to check them. I had an incident... Not a bad incident where I took a picture of something because I wanted to show it to someone. And it was not an inappropriate picture. It was just not for public consumption. And it wound up on four devices. And I thought, wow, if one of my kids logged in and saw that, you know. Or maybe even more fun, you've taken that same photo and it's now in your thing. And then you have your friends and family over and you've got your Xbox or your Roku box or whatever oh, that has your photo, photo stream in it. Just yeah. showing slideshows. And oh boy. Bing. Yeah. So not so Those good. Those things end up lots of places. So, so think about that. But Dion, back to your question. How do you delete photos, synced photos off of Facebook? It's, it's pretty straightforward. From the mobile app, all you have to do is go into the photos app on your sidebar, tap the synced photos button, and then tap the photo you want to remove. Then you just tap the trash can icon on the bottom left-hand corner, and boom, it's gone. And from the desktop, it's similar. Just you're not going to be tapping. You're going to be clicking. And so you just go into your albums, and you find your synced photos, and it should be pretty self-explanatory from there. Yeah, so it's easy to do, um, and it will not, will not remove them from your smartphone. So if you think it's going to, 
Uh, think again, okay? You that, wanna, that's a good thing, but sometimes you may want it removed from both, so you have to do it in both places. Exactly. Safe rather than sorry. Speaking of safe rather than sorry, what about keeping your kids safe if you let them on Facebook or if they have a Facebook account? You know, it's funny. Uh, we were one of those parents that was on the fence. We didn't allow our kids on Facebook, Brandon, until they... 13? Well, no. See, you convinced us that it was okay. It was I you. convinced you? Well, you, you, that you guys let your kids have Facebook accounts. And my kids pressured us. And then the next thing you know, everyone's on Facebook. So my kids had accounts. One, my, my daughter's got detected and deleted. Yeah. Two, my son doesn't even use his. The only reason they had it was at the time, Farmville. That's right, which and is kind of boring now. We didn't let them have friends other than us, and we set up the accounts. I mean, it was, it was for them to play a game, plain and simple. And now they're just not into the game anymore, so my son's account that's still there just sits there, and someday he'll probably use it, and so, fine. My daughter's account got killed a long time ago, and right. she, didn't, she wouldn't carry the way. This wasn't, a, this wasn't a crap on Brandon. This was just a, here's no, why cool. our kids have it. But here's the thing. If you're going to allow your kids to have a Facebook account, couple things as parents that you need to do. Number one, know their password. Know how to access the account. And follow, be their friend, find out who they're talking to, stay on top of that stuff. And if you think being their friend lets you see everything, it doesn't. No. They're smarter than you when it comes to this stuff. They know how to set up groups long before you did. They knew before Facebook even had the option available how to do this. I mean, trust me. That, that you being their friend is not the only step you need to take. Now, because I know my kids don't listen, because they don't listen to me at home, why would they listen to the show? Um, as a parent, one of the things that we do is we jump into their Facebook account when they're not around, and we go through all these little parts of their Facebook account. We want to see what their groups are, who their friends are, and that is something that you should do. Also, look at the login and see if they have an alternate login. And if they do, which sometimes kids will do, they'll create another profile because they don't want mom and dad to know. And they almost always friend their alternate self. Correct. And, and so it's pretty easy to find out. But take some time to dig into their Facebook account to make sure that they're staying safe. And by staying safe, we mean there are people out there who have bad intentions. There are people out there who know that that person's a kid and they have, they're creepy. And they want to do bad things. And, and so forget about the silliness with their friends and the name calling and the teasing. And that's the stuff that naturally is going to happen because they're kids. Come on, we used to do it. We just did it at the candy store. They're still doing it today. They're just using Facebook. Now, less and less of them are using Facebook. More and more are using Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, but it's not Facebook. My kids don't even use their Facebook accounts anymore. They are using Instagram. To message and, each other. And uh, Tumblr. Tumblr's, and Tumblr's becoming huge big. with teenagers. So your best education, the best thing you could do to protect your kids, to learn about what they're using in the social sphere, is to dig around a little bit and see if they're on Tumblr. Look if, at their web history. Look at, right, dig into that. Because really, the stuff that they tell you they're doing versus the stuff that they're actually doing are two different things. I follow my son's photo streams on, on um, Instagram, and there are times where I've gone into his account and deleted stuff because he'll put something up that he thinks is cool or funny, and it's totally inappropriate. Or it's something that sends the wrong message. You know, kids, kid, they're still learning. You know, a 13-year-old doesn't necessarily have the common sense of a 40-year-old. Sometimes a 40-year-old doesn't have the common sense so of a 40-year-old. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, point made. But there are lots of things you can do as a parent, but staying vigilant, staying on top of their stuff and knowing where they're going online and what apps they're using. And if they're using Snapchat, things like that, check, check their phones, look for those things and know how to get into their accounts. Definitely. Hey, right after the break, you use hotspots at the coffee shop. So what's the right way to set one up in your business? Well, that's this week's help. Plus, is CNET really loading your computer with spam and pop-ups and malware? Doubtful. Or is it something else? It's the tech 
show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. Oh, you saw the announcement about Facebook Home. Well, guess what? Android users, you're not alone. Chat heads have now come to the iPhone and iPad. You don't even know what chat heads are, do you? They're awesome. Have you updated your Facebook app yet? iPhone users now get chat heads. I know the name sounds stupid, but it's actually really useful when you're messaging on Facebook. Check out chat heads before you update the app for yourself. Datadoctors.com slash radio. The first rule of technology. Restart it. Rule two. Ask us at Facebook.com slash Datadoctors. We don't read our answers from a script. It's the tech show for non-tech It's the people. tech show for non-tech people. The Data Doctors radio program. Help. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. Help. Erica asks on this week's help. I want to set up free Wi-Fi at my business for my customers, but... I want to make sure I don't cause security problems or performance issues on our private Wi-Fi. Is this something I can do myself, or should I hire a consultant? Wow. You know, I never would have thought about that. You know, you set up a public Wi-Fi, but it's using the same bandwidth, right? So here's an example. You come into one of our stores, Mm -hmm. and if you open up your phone and you're in one of our stores, you'll see something that says, probably Data Doctors, right? But it'll have the little lock thing. So we have two choices if we want to make Internet access available to you there. We unlock it, or we tell you the password, neither of which is very smart. No. If we unlock it, anybody, not just you in the store, but anybody, including other tenants, other businesses, can run their business using your Wi-Fi. The yoga studio next door. Right. And if it's not set up properly, they can also potentially gain access to shared files and folders and pictures and business data and customers' information and who knows what. So either way, not very smart. So you've been into the Starbucks or you've been into the hotel where it's unlocked, but when you try to connect, it takes you to a page where you have to, I agree, and maybe put in a code or whatever. That's what we're talking about here. If you're in a business and you want to give the people that are there visiting your business the ability to get on your Wi-Fi, you need to do it in a smart way, and, and that's what we're talking about. And that's, depending on who you are, the can I do it myself or should I hire a consultant? Like most things in life, it's time or money, right? If, if you want to invest the time into understanding how to set it up and then maintaining it, no problem. Yes, I believe you can probably do it. Hmm. If you don't, or if you want to be sure it's set up in the proper way and it's safe and your business data is not at risk, then you ought to hire somebody to help you with it. Yeah, a couple of things you need to take into consideration, Erica, when you're, when you're looking at doing this. First, you need to consider whether or not you have enough bandwidth to support the extra users. You know, if so, how many users? Are you a coffee shop? You're going to have potentially 15 or 20 people at a time using your internet, or are you going to have two or three people in your shop right. using the internet? It makes a huge difference. The other thing you might also look at is the, the device you have. If you have a fairly new router, it may already have Wi-Fi guest access as an option that you can enable, in which case you've got most of what you need built in. And what that does automatically in these newer routers is it sets up you'll end up with two. You'll end up with your regular sort of secured Wi-Fi that everybody uses and a guest access, which you can enable either on demand or only during certain business hours, or you can define some things usually in these routers where it separates that traffic so that it's not part of your regular network. And you can also, in a lot of cases, limit the bandwidth. And so you can say, my regular users that are my, my protected users have priority. These guys who are my guests have secondary priority and only up to this bandwidth level so they can't take away and right. ruin your connection speed and things so well, another option you want to definitely consider especially if you're running a business is content filtering you know you may want to block sites that have adult material or gambling you know the last thing you want is is some weirdo looking at a porn site while there's kids drinking uh, a beverage in your shop so you can block that stuff and, and really make sure that those sites aren't accessed. Even on the free Wi-Fi, you might be able to. Uh, you might want to turn off the ability for people to watch Netflix streaming content like that because it's going to really slow things down. The more you want to put those controls in place, the more you'll have to probably upgrade your hardware to something better quality. And so you need to kind of figure out for yourself what's important to you. But you should for sure not just disable. Wi-Fi security or start giving users the password. You know, I'm amazed. My daughter goes to gymnastics. My son goes to to dive and to 
skateboard. We have these activities. And I, I can go to the front desk at the place where my, my son goes skateboarding or where my daughter goes to gymnastics. If I ask, hey, can I get your Wi-Fi password? Nine times out of ten, they say, sure. And the girl behind the counter gives it to me. Yep. Do you think the business owner knows that's happening? Probably not. I'm guessing not. And if they do, either way, that's a bad thing. Something. If you're in a setting like that where you know gymnastics is a great example, there are tons of parents there all the time, and they're sitting waiting for their son or daughter to finish their thing, and they're on their phones, and they're going to start asking. So if either provide them some limited access and set it up the right way, or you need to definitely instruct people to don't give out this password and don't give it out yourself. Don't let people know what that is because guess what? It's going to get handed out and I'm sure that's what's happening at, at the gym where my daughter goes and I, I would be willing to bet money that the owner has no idea. And when I'm at gymnastics, Brandon, I am not looking at my phone. I'm checking out the moms. I'm just saying. You were talking about the creepy guy. That's you now. No, 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 no. I'm not doing anything bad online. I'm just checking out the moms. God bless yoga pants. Facebook.com slash data doctors. Anytime you have a question for us. What? No good? Gymnastics. I know. Generally I'm, little kids. No, I'm talking about the moms. I know the moms are there, but I don't okay. know. It still seems creepy. Bob wants to know. He says, I've discovered that downloads from CNET have become my source of spam, pop-ups, and unwanted toolbars and search engines. Uh, I've got a toolbar I can't remove. iMix DJ. All my browsers are infected. Any suggestion how I can delete this? <laughs> Bob, it's not CNET. You have a, a piece of infection. You have a, a little problem, and it's called the iMix DJ. You actually have to get that piece of malware removed. That's what's causing your problems, not CNET, sir. When we come back, you updated your app, and now your battery is a brick. What's going on with your smartphone? We'll tell you. And is your computer or the website a problem? We'll tell you how to check. It's coming up on the Data Doctors radio program. It's finally here. It's time to buy a new PC, but you're stuck. Hey, it's the Data Doctors here to help get you unstuck. When you buy a new PC from Data Doctors, we actually custom configure it right down to your operating system. Windows 7, or the new Windows 8. Now, if you're ready to be a trailblazer with your new Data Doctors PC, we'll configure it with the new Windows 8. But let's say you're not ready to jump feet first into the pool. If you like what you're used to, we can custom configure a Data Doctor system with Windows 7. We even have a third option. We can install Windows 8, but give you the look and feel you're used to, you know, the start button and all, and that way you're ready to go. And with any Data Doctors PC purchase, we transfer all the important stuff from your old computer for free. Windows 7 or Windows 8, Data Doctors gives you the freedom to choose. Oh, and if you have a PC and you want us to handle the upgrade, we can do that too. Now, get ready to experience award-winning service from Data Doctors. To find the location nearest you, go to datadoctors.com right now. Data Doctors. Since 1988, we're the tech guys for non-tech people. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. Look out, Google Maps. Maybe. Rand McNally is going to put a dent in your game plan. Maybe. Is Hmm. there room for another map? Maybe. Didn't we all learn from Apple Maps disaster? Definitely. Definitely we did. Check out Rand McNally's new app before you drop any money on it. That's right. This one will cost you. That's why the maybe. Go to datadoctors.com slash radio to check it out. On air. Online. On demand. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Listen live. Download podcasts. And get helpful links. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. And Facebook.com slash Datadoctors is the place to ask your questions as Madeline did. Or is it Madeline? Both. Madeline, Madeline. Since downloading the iPhone Twitter app, I feel my battery is draining more quickly. Not too much quicker. But it seems to be going faster than before. Is this a common problem? I'm assuming when you downloaded it, you told it to allow notifications and Push. badges and all that, which means in the background, it's got to constantly check to see is there new stuff? Is there new stuff? Is there new stuff? Right. If it's so constantly. Twitter's partly to blame, but it's not Twitter's fault necessarily. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I've noticed that's happened is a lot of times, you know, the. So, uh, I don't know what goes on inside the device itself, Brandon, but somehow the network settings in these devices, in these phones, goes south. It goes haywire. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I remember one day I took my, my phone off the charger. It was at 100%. Didn't use my phone at all. And within two hours, it was down at 60%. I'm going, wait a second. Something's not right. Well, but one of the first things you ought to do is go in and check in your settings, check notifications, 
And you're going to be amazed at how many things are in there that you don't even remember. Right. You might want to think about disabling or turning off certain notifications for certain apps that you don't need up to the minute, whatever. Things that use GPS and location awareness, start with those. Things that, like a service like Twitter or news feeds where they might be checking all the time, if, if, if it's not critically important to you, start disabling because that's going to be one of the biggest killers that you're going to feel like, well, I haven't even used the phone today. Guess what? You have. It's just right. not you. It's, it's using itself. It's all the apps. Now, Madeline, Madeline, um, one of the things you can do if you want to get really um, super crazy, and I did this with my phone once because it was driving me nuts, is I actually went and wiped the phone, and I started from scratch, and I just put the apps on it that I absolutely needed, apps that I absolutely needed. That came out weird. Um, you absolutely? Absolutely needed. And that solved the problem for a limited period of time. The problem is, is that obviously I'm always downloading new apps and trying things out and testing them. And, oh, this is cool. That sucks. We're going to talk about this one. And so my phone got really slow again and or not slow. The battery was starting to drain again. And so here's what I talked about earlier on about network settings. Sometimes you could simply have a problem with your network settings on your phone. And if you go into your your phone settings... And then reset the network settings. And the way you do that is you go into settings, then general. Uh, from generals, you go down to the reset button. And then click reset your network settings and see if that corrects the problem. The, the side problem with that is you're going to have to re-enter all the Wi-Fi passwords that you use. It'll forget about everything. So when you go to work next time, the Wi-Fi it normally disconnects to automatically. And the one at home, and you're going to have to type that password again. So it's a little bit of a bummer on that, but generally you can solve some problems. So. Right. So there's a couple ways you can fix it. Those are just a couple. A few. I'm, I'm reading ahead and my yes. eyes are struggling. Does this really say high-tech hookers? High-tech hookers. And we're talking about that here on the radio program. Well, yes. The oldest profession is using the newest tech to get paid. That's right. Silicon Valley hookers are... Silicon squ- Valley, really? <laughs> Sorry. Silicon Valley hookers are squaring up before they get down to business. I'm assuming square has something to do with it. Yes, Check it out, datadoctors.com slash radio. Listen, we're not telling you to do it. We're just telling you what's going on. And Square has all kinds of useful uses, and apparently we've just added one more. Yeah, well, they got to get paid somehow, other than cash and check and money order. Hey, is it down right now? <laughs> not. We, oh, whoa, man. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> How do you know if a website is having problems or if it's your computer? You just move on. Okay. Just move on. Moving on. You know, have you ever done that? You go to a website and you can't get in. You, you're, you're, it's, it's just hanging there and hanging there. And you're going, what's going on? Especially a big site. And then so what do you do? You go through the whole, well, what's wrong with my computer dance? You know, is it, is it me? Is Reboot, it, try a different browser. Right. Reboot my cable modem. And so when you have this problem, there are a couple of things you can do, obviously, on the computer side to determine what the problem is. Or before you do any of that, Check out isitdownrightnow.com. That's why I said, is it down right now? That's right. But because of the other story. It sounded really bad. Right. So is it down not is it downrightnow.com? It does the same kind of check, but because it's doing it from a number of servers located in geographically dispersed areas, and it's not your computer, more importantly. Right. If, if it's not down for them, then guess what? It isn't it is your computer more likely, right? And vice versa, the other way around, upside down. And you get what I'm saying. So is it down right now? If you have a site that you are trying to connect to desperately and it's not going, you go to is it down right now? And one of the things that I'll have is the top websites are listed. So, for example, Facebook. If Facebook.com is down, you're going to know it. The, it's very simple. It has a green icon or a, um, a, an orange or red icon next to it. And you'd think big, big sites, they're never going to be down. But, you know, this past weekend, a week ago, Part of the Xbox 360 network was down, and my daughter was trying to play a game, and it kept doing this weird thing. And so I rebooted the Xbox. I tried all yep. this stuff and then thought, oh, I should use that. And sure enough, it showed me there was a status problem, and you can click and get details, and it's very helpful. Right, and if you were trying to access your Google Docs or your Gmail or your Drive stuff on, uh, what was it, Wednesday morning this past week, um, Google was down for some time and for a lot of people. And so you could have... Again, gone to is it down right now? Put in Google or Gmail. You would have been able to find out very quickly. Actually, you wouldn't have had to because Gmail 
would have been reported on the site because it's one of those really popular top websites. All the popular games, big sites, Netflix and Facebook and banking sites, all the, uh, the big popular stuff, they've got that sort of by default, and then you can check pretty much anything. Right, but if any of them take a crap, that's where you want to go to find out. Is it downrightnow.com? There. There you go. You're listening to the Tech Guys for Non-Tech People, the Data Doctors. Ask us your questions anytime, even when we're not on the air. Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. Remember, we deal with computers and technology problems for a living. We're experts at this stuff. We can help you in our Data Doctor stores, in your home, at your business. We can even remote in right over the internet and help fix your problem now. That wraps up this final edition of the Data Doctors radio program. Thanks for all the years of support and listening. Remember, we're not going away. Just giving up. Uh, give, move it over to the easier-to-digest daily tech information with our syndicated tech tips. It's the Data Doctors, Brandon and Spanky. Catch us on TV, on the radio, and online. Thanks for listening. No, thank you, Brandon No, Disney. thank you, Spanky. No, thank you. How oh, about thank Spanky. you, the listener? Oh, them. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Bye. And all your tech answers in English at datadoctors.com slash radio. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This This is the Data Data Doctors Doctors Radio Radio Program. program.